you are listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. Join him as he and his guests discover how businesses thrive in California. Well, welcome to The Pilgrim on the 405. We're going to have a great time today. It's not often that you get, uh, you know, a serial entrepreneur who's like an octopus and got uh, arms in eight, nine, ten different uh, companies all at once. But uh, we're going to welcome Brent Stone from from Virginia. Here we are. So welcome. Welcome to Pilgrim on the 405, Brent. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure to be on here with you. Yeah. Now, have you ever been on the 405 in uh, Southern California? You know, I, I have not. I have oh. not been on the 405 in Southern oh. California. Well, this is the closest that you're going to get then. So wonderful. Wonderful. So now, now, Brent, tell us a little bit about how you got into this. This is not just serial entrepreneur. Uh, this is uh, all at once. Uh, lots of companies. So how did you get here? Well, it, I didn't start off all at once with multiple different things. I started off in, in food service working as a bus boy in, in high school. Uh, that's not true. I started as a dishwasher and then I I graduated to busboy at uh, at our local Outback Steakhouse, and uh, I at the time was looking for my uh, my my big break because I I figured education wasn't really going to be my thing, and I had an acquaintance talk to me about network marketing, and I had no sales experience. In fact, I didn't even really like talking to people that I didn't know already, <laughs> and uh, it was one of those things where I just thought that it was really interesting that I could have an online business as, you know, somebody with no business experience and I could make, you know, buku dollars and they painted the dream for me and all this stuff. And, uh, that's how I got my start in network marketing. And, and then from there, I, I, I worked a couple of different jobs along the way as I built my base, but I ended up over the last 15 years being in 20 different States or so, uh, thousands of people in our network over the last 15 years. Um, pretty interesting stuff. It taught me lots to do with with all kinds of other business, uh, not just network marketing. Um, we've, we've had so many people in our network that have been in different industries. I've been exposed to so many different things now, uh, thankfully, because of that experience. So. Yeah. Well, tell me what you love doing. What do you really love doing? Well, a uh, passion of mine is really just connecting people. I think that's why I did decent with network marketing. Um, there's definitely been people way more successful uh, that were probably way more um, financially motivated and just looking at the numbers and the data and figuring out how to do that. But I was really just uh, enthralled with just connecting the right people to the people they needed to be connected to. And I've taken um, some of our other businesses today and I've, I've done similar things. Um, I've used some of the recruiting skills from, from that stage of my life and then some other uh, backgrounds. I, I was in advertising for almost a decade. I sold radio advertising and I got really good at the tail end of that stint um, with recruiting for small businesses, basically selling the, the advertising to recruit staff which is a uh -huh. huge hot topic right now. Everyone's struggling yeah. for staff. And um, yeah. I have a company that I launched recently that we're, we're focusing on a lot of that stuff. We might brush on that later, maybe not. But, um, huh. but that's something that was, you know, I like to do is connect the right people to the right people. All right. So connecting the right people. Now, when in EOS, we talk about right people being somebody who fits our core values. Yep, absolutely. Right? 
So how how in your recruiting do what do you use to attract the right people, people that fit this particular company's core values? So I don't know if you've read the book Who. Um, oh yes, real, absolutely. Oh, okay, so that that's one of my favorite books on um, interviewing people, asking the right questions, top grading interviewing. I mean those those kind of things are really really big. And if you can ask the right questions on the front end, it just saves you so much time on the back end, especially if you're going to check references and you get creative with this kind of thing in network marketing. You don't really have a lot of extra time to 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 do a top grading interview when you're when you're expanding in that. I I don't build that that in that industry space as much anymore. I don't I don't build that style of business as much, but with some of these other traditional businesses that my wife and I have today, we do. We're, we're afforded some extra time and we get references and we can call and check those references and try to do a better job of that kind of a kind of a due diligence, if you will. And I think that that's really important um, because then you can you can see, you know, what their core values are. You can ask them and you can put together some um, scorecards, if you will. So if they're not following those scorecards within a certain probationary period, you can, you know, address those issues. And right. uh, people's true colors tend to show within about 90 days, I feel like. so. All right. Now, would you agree with me that that's a significant, significant piece of, of hiring is getting the right person, people that fit your core values? Absolutely. 100%. Have you ever had experiences where you had the, the wrong person? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, more than once. So it's... <laughs> Every time you have an experience like that, though, I will tell you, uh, it makes you uh, very hyper aware of not making those mistakes again. And it teaches you so much more than if you make a, a, a slam dunk on the on the first hire. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've had it happen where we've we've brought on um, doctors in our healthcare business where, you know, it just hasn't worked out. We've brought on administrative staff and healthcare business hasn't worked out. Same thing in network marketing, same thing. And. Um, advertising business, different backend partners that do different things for us that, you know, maybe just didn't work out and different values. And it's not that they're bad people, but just different core values just didn't line up with the, uh, with the vision long-term. Have you, have you had the experience of having somebody who's very, very good at their job? I mean, they're in the right seat. They're really knocking it out of the park, but they don't share your core values. Absolutely. That, yes. That's got to be difficult, right? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, let's say you got a doctor that's world class mm-hmm. and um you know, maybe they are probably one of the best in the state that you're in or maybe the best in the country or whatever the case is, but yet the the values just don't line up with what they're trying to accomplish with what you're trying to accomplish as a company. I mean, that that's a tough place to be and that that happened yeah. to us one time already, yeah. which doesn't one time is one too, one too many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you're when you're doing healthcare stuff, but um, we've, we've had it happen to us in other businesses as well. So. But was there any, any, uh, any stutter steps once you recognize that, uh, they didn't share the core values? I mean, what, what did you do with that? Was there a conversation reluctance to, you know, to, to let this person go, even oh, though they were course. very, very, because they're very good. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, you're initially you're scared because here's the thing. I'm not a doctor. So the way that our the way that our our, our system is set up, um, we we have people with our healthcare business that that will work for us, and they're licensed with different things. And and here's the thing, um, you're 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 initially you're concerned because you know you've got somebody here with more years of education than 
multiple times more uh, more years of education than what I have, and yeah. and yeah. you know you're sitting there trying to have a have a have a conversation about how you just don't feel like it's working out, and this person has years invested into their career ego, you know all these other things, and it's like you know that's this is a these are tough conversations to have, yeah. um, and and not just with physicians or whatever the case may be. It could be with administrative staff. I mean, here's the thing: at the end of the day. I hate these conversations where you get to let somebody go or part ways or whatever the case is. It's not like I enjoy that stuff, yeah. but it is important to do if, if the value system doesn't line up, I mean, it's going to be counterproductive over the long term. For them as well as for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be better for them to go and find someone to work for with the same value system that they have. Yeah. And, and I, 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 you know, I, I often hear in these kind of conversations, I hear people talking about how how concerned they are about letting this person go or having that conversation uh, because of of the pain that it would cause the other person. And and, and what I I want to want them to understand is is that the pain is already there. Yeah. If their values don't meet up with yours, they're struggling too. That's right. And uh, maybe they don't want to disappoint you, but getting that conversation out of the head and onto the table is really very, very important. So important. And it's and it's just so unproductive not to do it sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be even even uh, uh, more concerning for people, given where people are today with with the hiring and uh, uh you know the inability to retain com- uh, customer uh, employees. What do you see going on in the world right now? Why is why do we have this great resignation facing us? You know that's that's a great question, Will. I I have my own opinions, but here's what huh? I'll just kind of brushing on this topic. What I'll what I'll say is that I think that with everything happening over the last year and a half, two years, it's put people in a place to where they have to rethink what their own values are personally and mm-hmm. their own priorities. And, and some people are maybe just realizing that their, you know, their quality of life maybe went down, they're working too much or whatever the case may be, or maybe people weren't working enough, they want to work more. Um, I, I do know that the talent that is working currently is the talent that you want to have in your business. If somebody's not working currently, trying to advertise to those people is, 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 is a tough it's going to be tough bringing those people into the business, trying to motivate them to work. I feel like, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but I just, we've well, tried. I, 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 I'm, I, my, my suspicion is that the 18, the 18 months, and it looks like it's going to move into 24 months, but the, this, this time of, of not having a paycheck coming in, not having that, that automatic, check all i got to do is show up and make it through the day and i get a paycheck that 18 to 18 months where that wasn't there for people it caused them to do something that they hadn't done for a long time if ever they had to take responsibility for themselves i mean yeah. if paycheck's not there if i want food on the table for me or for my family i got to go do something Absolutely. Uh, it, maybe it's a freelance job. Maybe it's a job that I wouldn't have considered before. Maybe I have to make something up. I and mean, I have seen so many Native women uh, come up with, uh, you know, I'll sew masks, I'll create blankets, I'll make baskets. But they are doing things. They take responsibility for it. 
they had to take responsibility for their health care. And and it 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 nobody was doing it for them. And Absolutely. now uh, how many employers are saying, okay, come back now and we'll begin to tell you what to do again. And once you've, once you've recognized that you can take responsibility, you can make choices, I don't think uh, there's going to be a whole lot of people just kind of coming back in and saying, fine, whatever you want. Oh, I, I can definitely see that. I, I can definitely see there's a lot of people that have, you know, tasted what it's like to be an entrepreneur and they've done well in the time that they've been away from their, you know, maybe their active style of income, their, their job yeah. income. And all of a sudden it's just, it's very different life as an entrepreneur. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good times and there's some, there's some bad times. And I yeah. think there's, you're going to see a separation over the next couple of years because there will be economic hard times and that'll, that'll weed the, um, that'll, that'll separate the uh the people that really want to be an entrepreneur versus people that are just thinking that this is a a good thing temporarily well it'll be interesting i have a new client i was uh working with this morning and uh uh when i started asking him about what you know what is his what's the company about help me to understand and he said something very interesting he said that his focus was on entrepreneurs who were leaving their jobs starting something new, freelancers, but people who wanted to get out of that other world. And and I hadn't heard anybody focusing specifically uh, in that way. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'll work with network marketers or I'll work with, uh, you know, freelancers in graphics. But to say I'm specifically looking at working with people who want the freedom of running their own world running their own business and and he's he's using you know digital digital tools to to do that it's amazing uh i remember back in the uh you know around the, the when was that 19 1998 or something when when there was a big layoff of 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 uh senior managers and this was right when personal computers were coming out and so these senior managers could open up uh, you know, open up their bedroom, put in a personal computer for the first time, and run a business. And and it 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 made for a huge shift in people's aspirations at that time. And it seems to me that that that's going to go even deeper. I you know was listening to somebody uh, on a, a documentary on Netflix about this young man in in New York City who had been a dishwasher. And when this was no longer possible, he took enough courses in cybersecurity to become a freelance cybersecurity uh, wow. uh, consultant. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. That's incredible. Well, you know, you're what? talking about this, and I, I think, Will, that <clears throat> you know these people definitely need to reach out to you at some point because these new entrepreneurs, I mean, whether they're seasoned or brand new in the space, I mean, they they should definitely be putting some EOS um, practices into their business. I mean, it's something that for them just to get everything seated in the right spot. And I guess when the when the business is you know coming up uh, in the developmental stages, I mean, 
having some of that ingrained in from the beginning is going to be way more beneficial. That's what I'm trying to say. Way more beneficial yeah. from the start yeah. than yeah. later on down the road. I'm sure you would agree with that. Well, well, yeah. The difficult thing is is that EOS, you know, the target market is 10 to 250 employees. Now, I have worked with a number of companies that had two employees. Sure. Uh, uh, well, not not two employees, had two people. They <laughs> were partners in starting it. And sure. what it means is we create the accountability chart of where this company is going to be 18, 18 months to two or three years out. And, of course, all those boxes are going to be filled with the two people. And uh, uh, but but this allows them to begin to put together the game plan. When will we replace myself in that box? You know, what's the trigger? Is it new clients? Is it amount of money in the bank? When do we replace me in that box? And they have done that. And they're I think they just hired their 12th person and they're successful at moving themselves out of those other boxes. So, yes, I, I think I think it's. You know, the, the biggest problem is that that people have a great idea, but they don't have a business system. They don't have an operating system for their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see it all the time. When um, <clears throat> I told you that I, I had a, a career selling radio advertising for a, almost a decade, and uh, I, I spoke to a lot of local businesses ranging in size from just solo professionals to people that had 100 plus employees and the the businesses you could have a small business with an organizational flow chart and you know they actually had a, a system in place and they would run circles around a big a big company that had no yeah. idea what they were trying to do because maybe at one time that big company had a really good organizational flow chart that got them to that space but they don't right. have a system to carry them to the next level and right. EOS right. does a lot of that stuff i mean you have a progressionary plan that you that you follow and that you guys teach and it's just incredible well i think one of the things that got me excited about eos seven years ago when i uh, discovered this because one of my clients uh that i've been working with before eos came to me and said i've discovered this thing called eos and this is you this is what you told us about what you wanted to do and it's out there for you and that's when i picked up the phone, called Gino, and began to discuss it and just fell in love with it because it's, a, number one, it's a complete system. It's got simple tools, and it's ongoing. I mean, it, when you start meeting every 90 days and you're looking at the quality of what you did, you're looking at what you expected to do, what you committed to do, and what you actually did, and and then you've got these eight questions that you have to ask every 90 days. You know, what's our core values? How are we working with them? Can we give examples of where people are actually living these core values or where they're not? And what have we done with it? Is this still our core focus? Or are we getting distracted by shiny objects just because there's opportunities out there? Does this is this our sweet spot? What is our 10-year target? Uh, you know, is that, are we still agree that that's where we want to go? What's our marketing strategy? Our three-year picture? Do we can we all see that if we go out those three years? Can we see these fifteen to twenty things that we have written down? Can we actually see them? Sometimes they change, but everybody has to agree by the end of that day 
we're all in agreement 100%. This is where we're going. What are we going to do this year? What are we going to do in the next 90 days? All those questions getting answered where everybody agrees that's what we're going. That is so powerful for people. Yeah, it really is. I mean, <clears throat> if people just have, you know, a, a vision that they they write down in front of them. I mean, that's something we used to teach all the time. Right. Um, you know, network marketing, everyone's like, hey, you know, put your goals down on paper, your vision, your, you know, one year, five year, 10 year. But it's not it, it isn't quite the same as having a detailed plan in place. Now, I'm not saying that people don't have detailed plans in network marketing people. There, there's absolutely people that do there. You, there's a lot of success that's created in that space. But with EOS, what I found is that there's a uh, very good methodology of creating retention for right talent once you get the right talent into the spaces uh -huh. and then you can also project what their um, what their growth uh, trajectory can be and what it can look like what it should look like and you can almost predict it with like sniper like accuracy if that makes I, sense i mean it is just yeah. impressive yeah, because you're looking at it regularly and, and, and assessing, are we making progress? Is that still a goal? Do we yeah. have a plan to get there? And is it on track? Now, one of the things that I'm passionate about, if I could share with you, please, uh, we're, we are articulating something that's been kind of quiet in the whole EOS network for, you know, 17 years. But Gino just published a book because we encouraged him to do it called The EOS Life. Now, the EOS life is five things. EOS life is you're only doing what you love doing. You've delegated everything else. You only do what you love doing. You are doing it with people that you love. They share your core values. They're competent. They get what the job is. They, they want to do it, and they have the capacity for it. So you're only doing what you love with people that you love. You're making a great contribution. Uh, you know, to yourself, to your family, to the company, and, and generally to the world. I mean, to your clients, your customers. You're making contribution. You're making their world better, simpler. And, and then you're being compensated appropriately. Uh, to me, that means that uh, pretty basic is that if you're working 40 hours a week, you aren't, don't have to go out and get a second or third job to put food on the table. That's right. All right. And then finally, after, after the first four, only doing what you love, working with people that you love, uh, making a great contribution, being compensated appropriately, then you have plenty of time left over for your other passions. This is not a 90-hour-a-week job for That's anybody. Right. And what I want to see is I want to see Three to six, nine months in, when the question comes up, well, is this still your 10-year target? Which generally, you know, when they first blush, it's some big, some big revenue number, and we're going to have these great products and services. I would like to see people include in that. When we get to this 10-year target, 100% of the employees in this company will be living the EOS life or have a path to it. That's really awesome. You know, I, I think that that book, I haven't read that one yet, which yeah. I, you know, I have to put that on my list, but it sounds like that could be a really good tool or litmus test almost for people to see, you know, am I really, um, am I really in a trajectory that I'm happy with for yeah. my own life? Right. And, uh, that's something <clears throat> not from, this wasn't a tool from, from Gino, but 
similar questions have been asked to me over the years from um, people that I have uh, looked to as mentors and those other things, teachers, uh, coaches, whatnot. And there's, those are important questions to ask. I, I yeah. think at, at every stage of life, people should, you know, be evaluating these things and, and really taking a look at, you know, am I, am I doing the things that I love to do? Am I doing these things with the people that I love and care about? Am I, you know, having to make excuses for why I'm doing tasks that I should be delegating or whatever the case may be? Um, I, I, I there's certain, we have, we have a new business right now where I'm, I'm absolutely doing things that I should be delegating. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's literally a, a nine week old startup. Uh -huh. um, but then that's the advertising business I was talking to you about. It's a digital advertising agency. But basically, there's also a lot that uh, we're uh, we're just doing, putting all the framework and the groundwork in place for our, you know, our EOS model and some of these other things. Uh -huh. And then uh, there's other companies that that we have, my wife and I, that, you know, because of her hard work, my hard work and, you know, a good team of people, we we don't we don't spend a lot of time physically there mentally we we still do it's not at a stage yet but uh where we can just totally walk away but that's that's also on our goal list yeah um, to get it to a spot to where you know we only spend maybe two hours at the office right. maybe every other week but that's right. not realistic for uh the next you know couple 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 months to get to the point right. where it's like hey we're right. we still got to mentally think about it if that makes sense well one of the things that i am really curious about is when people, you know, we talked about this great resignation, people out, people not coming in to apply for jobs. And I'm, I'm wondering what would be the effect of a company saying in their recruitment procedure, we want everybody in this company to be living the EOS life. That's one of our goals. You come to work for us. And this is what it will look like. I, I wonder if that will help with attraction, yeah, retention, and motivation. We just have to promote the EOS brand and make sure people know what that means. <laughs> well, yeah, and and, and uh, what what I'm excited about is you know uh, what our prediction. Is, I mean, we we predicted oh 23 years ago we predicted that by 2020 we would have um, 10,000 companies would have been implementing EOS because they used implementers like me. Absolutely. By December 2020, we had 10,500 companies. That's incredible. So now we're predicting that by 2030, we will have 100,000 companies. Wow. We'll be using EOS around the world. And if you, if you assume for a moment that, uh, you know, it's 50, the average number of employees in the EOS implementing company would be 50 people. That means 5 million people will be living the EOS life, not even counting their wow. family. Right? That, that's impressive. That's, that, that, that's something to be excited about. Well, and, and, and to me, when a company says, look, let's, let's tell, tell you what we expect from you. We expect that you will get to the place where you're only doing the things you love doing. Yeah. But we will find people to delegate to who they love doing those things that you're delegating. So, and, 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 and we expect that everybody in this company is going to really be working with people they love. And this position, when it's done right, will make a great contribution to our customers, our clients. And we expect to pay you 
appropriately. Yeah. You know, we're not nickel and diming. And then finally, we want you to spend time with your other passions, hobbies, families, whatever that other thing is. We don't want you to be spending all your time working. I I mean, that to me, that to me is going to change the face of business. Well, people are more productive when they actually love their life. I mean, they can show up to work and they feel fulfilled from yeah. their family and then they get to their job, they feel fulfilled. They they leave yeah. feeling charged, not drained. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I wish that I could say that it's, that it's been like that for, for our companies. It, it hasn't. Um, we know we, I just, I just stumbled upon EOS and we you know we talked a couple months ago, Will, but um, I just within the last year and a half. So, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm still a, I'm still a baby <laughs> learning about EOS, but, um, Thankfully, some of the the principles I did learn in my my first business venture, you know, that that's taught me some of the principles of EOS. But EOS is definitely drilling down to the the really important things and making sure that you can give people things that they can be held accountable to, and also allows them to feel like they can just continually uh, do a good job at their right. job and also be fulfilled. Not right. just the owner or wh- whoever the the middle management or whatever the case may right. be, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what to me is so exciting because this whole EOS life thing really started off with implementers, you know, helping implementers live that kind of life. Because many implementers came from from corporate America or for from from uh, coaching uh, practices where, and you know how difficult it is to run a coaching practice. I mean, you got to yeah. be you got to be doing all these things in addition to recruiting and advertising and marketing and business dev. Well, you know, for us, 20 clients is really a full, a full card. That's, and, and that means we're, we're working about a hundred days a year. And that EOS life was what attracted a lot of implementers in. Then we begin to see that, oh my goodness, that's attractive to these visionary business owners who are working 90 hours a week and people aren't, 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 uh, you know, doing what they tell them to do and all of this. And so it, helping them and and now I see a leadership teams picking it up, but if we can take that down all the way through the organization to the people who are pounding the hammers, turning the wrenches, sweeping the floors. Wow. What a world. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm most excited about is over the next couple of weeks, having people within our organizations read traction. And oh. I know that there's, there's other books that are out through Gino and the EOS, um, you know, right. uh, product line that, that are, are also very helpful, but I, I'm just going through on audible right now. I'm going through traction and some of the, yeah. the notes and the PDF and it's just, right. it's incredible. And I, and I think the traction is the how, yeah, this is how you work the business. And, and what I discovered was, uh, I mean, I, I got to, I got to live with EOS life for about a year before it was published. Cause it was, was one of the readers for the book with Gino and, and, what it occurred to me along the way was while traction is the how this short EOS life book is the why. 
This yeah. is why not only we do use EOS, but why we even want to be in business. Yeah. Why we want to go to work. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I uh, <laughs> One of the best books I think I've ever read when it comes to, to this very topic, which I can't wait to read this one, by the way. Um, yeah. But uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, and he talks about Absolutely. this very thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if people don't know why they're trying to do something in the first place, they're, of course, going to be uh, disoriented, disorganized, not... Uh -huh. uh, they don't have vision. They don't have goals. They don't. They don't really understand who their target market is or their their customer avatar. They don't know yeah. what problem they're trying to solve. I mean, there's there's all these different things, and people are just trying to make money, and they just totally. Not only do they not hit that goal, but they don't hit any of these other goals either. That they. And I think that's the big have. challenge. I think that we, as a culture, came to that conclusion that it's all about making money. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I, I have a wonderful book by a woman named Marion Williams uh, called White Working Class. And and what what occurred, you know, I, I couldn't really understand where all the anger in the country was coming from. I mean, I, I realized that, that you know, so, the media and politicians and I are feeding off of anger that's there. Sure. But I couldn't understand where that anger was coming from. And what what she said was that in 2008, the essential contract, unwritten but, but acknowledged for many years, the contract between business and em employees was broken. And she said what, what happened was that investors said to the local you know, leadership, who who was living in the cities and the towns where the businesses were, they said, from now on, the people who are working for you, I want to consider them as assets. Right? So it costs us a certain amount of money to get from that mm -hmm. asset what we are trying to extract. And so then they said, now, if we can find assets that will produce what we need at a 80%, at least 80% of the quality at 50% of the cost, we're moving the company there. Yeah. Now, it's a, it's a huge step to move from being a person to becoming an asset. Yeah, yeah. And when those companies left, sometimes those companies, two or three companies were everything that was in that community they just pulled up and left and here's this enormous number of people who for whose culture was just destroyed not, not a not a whole lot different from what happened with native americans and and blacks being brought from africa but here's the similar thing is just what do i do how do i put food on the table i mean we didn't even think about things like tra uh, you know training stamps or a program to really bring businesses in and and so i think that's where a lot of the anger comes from and uh you know changing business from the only thing that we do is produce profit to yeah yeah profit's important but we're also producing a quality product and service and we're providing a way for our employees to thrive and live a great life. Yeah, and, it's a delicate balance. I mean, 
one of the things that I think that gets lost in translation all the time is you have on one hand, you have this, this owner of a company, whether it be investors or a solo owner or whatever the case may be, sole share owner, and their wantingness to create profit to pour back into the company to benefit their staff. And sometimes that's not the case. But a lot of times in a lot of small businesses, you're trying to create more profit to create more opportunities for right. for your staff. It just right. it never gets communicated that way because there's always something from the, from the standpoint of from from the seat that I sit in a lot. It's like I don't do a good job of communicating some of the reasons why we want to hit certain numbers and, and whatnot. But then also, on the other hand, you have the, the staff side and it's like, you know, why, why, why is it just about money or whatever the case may be? And so I think, you know, my wife and I, we've tried to do a, a good job over the years of not putting out this front that, Hey, money's not the most important thing. And it's not a front. I mean, that's reality for us. I mean, the whole idea is, is that if we can take care of people first, no matter what the business is, I mean, if you can take care of people first, then what ends up happening is that you'll get the money, the money will chase you. Yes. Yes. Um, but most people, they, they get so, um, when you're in a sense of desperation, it's like if you're drowning, all you think about is air. A lot of people, when they start a business, all they think about is money because they got loans from the bank. They got all these things. And I'm not saying that's bad to build a yep. business, but, right. but a lot of people, that's that's what they're thinking on because they mortgaged right. their house or whatever they did right. to take that right. loan out. And people are just scared. And uh, they want to make those. They want to make those bank payments. They want to pay their payroll. <laughs> they don't want to. Oh, and, and, and also, bounce those checks. also, I see. Uh, you know, I see people who say, "Well, I don't want to share with my employees what our profit loss is, because well, they will then crazy. line up and start, you know, asking for more money and 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 really getting really clear about why this business is here. Yes, yeah. to make a profit." Yes, to make goods and services, uh, and yes, to provide this. And you can you can put it any way you want to, but these elements of the EOS life, but to provide that opportunity for you to live a great life. Yeah. That's what we're here for, and and that costs money that we are investing into that for you, helping them to see that, and then helping them participate in how how to put that plan together. Absolutely. I can tell you this, I mean, from personal experience, one of the best things we did in our healthcare business is when we uh, showed our, 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 our office business manager and our assistant manager, our P&L, literally, um, this has been some time now, but when they saw this, they, they realized that there are certain months out of the year when we said we were running really lean and they could actually yeah. see the numbers on paper, they wanted to work yeah. harder to help us yeah. mitigate right. the loss. And yes. increase the revenue instead of yes. all the burden being on my wife and I, all of a sudden they wanted to, like our, our management team stepped up and said, no, we're going to help with, right. sorry to sit the mic, <laughs> we're going to help with, with this very thing. And so, yeah, I think keeping people in the dark that want to help you is just, it's asinine. That's right. Well, that's when people become people and not just assets. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's it. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, what what uh, what do you see for what do you see in business for the next six to nine months? Well, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on here, Will. I, I'll, I'll say this just to keep it short because we have a couple endeavors. Um, the, the goal here over the next six to nine months, twelve months, is we're we're getting launched uh, our our digital marketing agency called Funnel Force LLC. 
Um, and then we have a, a podcast label that we're starting underneath of the Stone Co. LLC banner. And uh, that's going to be uh, launching within the next year as well. And uh -huh. uh, we're, we're building a new surgery center for our healthcare business. And that's kind of on the horizon as well. We're going to be able to serve a lot more of our local population with sedation dentistry and yeah. really focus on children that are in pain. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. we'll be able to see more kids. We, we currently see an upwards of over 500 children a year. And uh, these are like the cases that the general dentists don't want to see in their office. They send them yeah. to us because we, we fly an anesthesiologist and we, yeah. we handle wow. the details on the back end and some of that stuff. So, so we're excited about doubling our square footage, enabling to bring in more people in the community and um, handle more of that load. So those, those are some of the different projects that we're excited about on the horizon. Wonderful. Well, if people wanted to get in touch with you, where, where would they, how would they see what you're up to? Um, well, I will tell you that the best way to probably find me is on my LinkedIn. Um, I do probably look at that social media um, as much as any of my other social media accounts because I, I like the professional aspect of LinkedIn a little bit right. more than, than right. the Instagram and some of these other things. But um, I'm Brent Stone on, on, on LinkedIn. And I'd love to, you know, if anyone wants to ask me a question or reach out to me, please shoot me a message. That would be a great place to find me. Super. Well, that's it. It's been great to have you on. Uh, this is just one more example of how entrepreneurs are really becoming the way that we're getting through the results of the pandemic as people take responsibility for making it happen. And this one more example of how businesses thrive, not only in California. Thanks, Bill. You've been listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. 